Welcome to the Federation CJA 360 podcast, the pulse of Montreal's Jewish community. This is episode six, a special edition for May 2023. I'm Glenn J. Nashin. On May 16th, Federation CJA welcomed actor, comedian, and outspoken advocate Michael Rappaport to Montreal. He was in conversation with notable Montrealer and community leader Mitch Garber. Here's the president and CEO of Federation CJA, Yair Zlack, to introduce our special guest. On May 16th, Federation CJA had the privilege of hosting Michael Rappaport, um, podcast and YouTube uh, favorite uh, superstar who's been in movies and someone who is vehemently fighting the fight against anti-Semitism uh, on many different social media platforms, whether Twitter or, 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 uh, or Instagram and his, and his YouTube and podcasts. Interestingly enough, we hosted him on May 16th, May 16th being the 80th anniversary to the um, end of the Warsaw Ghetto Uprising. And we were sitting together in a room of over 500 talking about anti-Semitism again. And it was ironic because here we were sitting talking about how to combat anti-Semitism in a different world, in a different day where social media becomes a, a vehicle to uh, silence and kill Jews in a different way than it was in, 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 during the Shoah. And yet, 80 years later, we're still talking about anti-Semitism. If you have a chance, listen to Michael. He was very, very uncensored during his talk but also provocative in the sense of understanding what is important to stand up for today as a proud Jew and how important that is that we do that as a community, as individuals. If you don't speak out, if you don't stand up proudly, um, we never want to end up on the 27th day of the Warsaw Ghetto Uprising. Uh, 80 years ago was not a great shining day for the Jewish people. We're still here. We're still fighting the battle, and let's do it together. So Michael Rappaport coming up next. <laughs> that music, man, that music's so dramatic. Well, it's a big night, so first of all, welcome to Montreal. Glad to be here, happy to be here. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Beautiful church for a bunch of Jews to be in. This is a fantastic. So fantastic place for us to congregate in Montreal, but this is a beautiful, beautiful place. So look, it's... Um, Obviously, there's a theme tonight uh, of anti-Semitism, but it's a bit of a buzzkill to start with that. So um, maybe we'll start a bit, a bit with you. Most of the people in the room know you, and those who don't know you, you can see from the video that you know, Michael is not only outspoken, he's articulate, he's thoughtful, and he says things you know, in a very, very natural way. Whatever words come out of his mouth, those are the words that are, that are in his head, and I think we need to appreciate that. But it couldn't have just started this way, so let's talk about just you in general. Um, you've, you've said and you've written that you were a bit of a troublemaker. You got kicked out of a bunch of schools. You were disruptive when you were younger. Yeah. Is that so. too loud? Jesus. Is that... It's okay. Is that... Oh, my God. Okay. So you, you started off disrupting. It was like that. Yeah. I came out like I just... Like, ah. Yeah. But when you're younger, it's not, it's not appreciated, right? You're thrown out of school. You're getting in trouble. Your parents are getting called by the principal. When did, when did it become clear to you that you might be able to make a career 
out of being opinionated, out of being who you are? Um, does, does, does that sound about the right level? It does? It does it? Because I usually keep the mic closer, so I don't want to do that. Okay. Um, you know, uh, I, I would say, I, I don't know the exact time in, in regards to specifically um, embracing that as an adult. I'd say maybe, you know, 10, 10, 10 12 years ago, I, I, I remember I had accumulated a bunch of report cards from when I was younger. And, and not to get too melodramatic, but for the first time, uh, is it marijuana weed legal yes. in Montreal? Okay. So I was in Los Angeles and I was, I, I, at the time, I don't smoke uh, weed anymore because of, I have bronchial issues, doc, um, and my throat. Um, but I remember, uh, um, you know, I had seen these report cards my whole life and this term disruptive, dis- disruptive behavior, um, you know, was always my, why did you get kicked out of school? Uh, disruptive, d- disruptive behavior. There wasn't any dramatic stories. There wasn't any fun anecdotes. Oh, you know, oh, you know, I didn't beat anybody up. I didn't, you know, start any fires. There was no real good stories. It was purely disruptive behavior would be the, the answer. And, and I remember a few years ago, uh, about 10, 12 years ago, I had all these report cards and I, and I definitely, I think I was smoking weed and I, and for the first time as an adult, reading that disruptive behavior made me feel bad. And I was like, damn, and you know, I was, you know, as a kid, you know, felt, you know, that must've been kind of confusing and definitely frustrating for everybody around me. I mean, my parents, I mean, they, they dealt with a lot of bullshit and, um, and, um, but I remember seeing that term disruptive behavior and I was like, you know, I, I could, I want to be, I, I, I was still that, but I was like, it sort of made sense to me. Like I'm disruptive now, you know, it just made sense. So in terms of as an adult, you know, like that's when I was articulating, I mean, I have been, been this way and, you know, sort of an, an outspoken person and, you know, uh, uh, um, you know, my whole life, but that. And then social media, because, you know, I've been in the public eye for, you know, uh, uh, you know, it's some certain level, you know, uh, you know, no matter what, you know, level of fan you were of, of mine, you know, since I'm 21 years old doing this talk show and that talk show, but as a young actor, you know, especially New York actors, we all want to be the next Robert De Niro and Al Pacino and, you know, infamously Robert De Niro and Al Pacino, we're all shy and all that stuff. So we're all trying to be weird and all that stuff. And, and, you know, uh, uh, but at a certain point, uh, I was just like, I'm going to promote what I'm promoting. I'm just going to be myself 100%. But, but social media was a gift to your disruptive kind of thinking. Without, opened- without knowing that. Yeah, it, it was. It was. It was. So at what point did you realize that you can get on TikTok, you'll get on Instagram, you probably started on Facebook. You're 10 years into your podcast, I think coming up on nine years, maybe yeah, 10 yeah, years. Yeah. So you're one of the original podcasters. So yeah. How were you an early adopter? What happened? How was I what? An early adopter to social media, like using it as a I, real I was, platform. I was on social media um, as, a, as like everybody else, you know, with Instagram. I wasn't a big Facebook person. And, and, and I, I got on Twitter, uh, you know, early. But, you know, Instagram, I was like everybody else. Oh, I'm going to take a picture. And, oh, look, everybody thought they were, you know, Ansel Adams, you know, like taking pictures of trees. And that's what, you know, Instagram was, you know, and then it became the trees became your coffee. And then the coffee became your lipstick and, you know, your workout. And it evolved. 
And, and, and then when the pictures became video, you know, I was like, oh, I'm going to do a video of like, you know, whatever. And then, you know, people with the, you know, thank God to Paris Hilton and Kim Kardashian, uh, you know, it started to become, hey guys. And I would sort of, at first, you know, I was playing around with it. I would almost mock them. Like my first sort of videos on social media were being like, hey guys, you know, like I was like, what, this is what it's supposed to be. And then, you know, I would talk about sports. I would talk about hip hop. I would talk about movies and, you know, just general things. But in regards to something that took on a more serious tone on social media, and, 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 and this was uh, 2016, and like I said, at that point, I had a little bit of a social media presence, but social media, even in 2016 to 2023, has grown um, um, you know, immensely. Um, but 2016, um, you know, on a Saturday morning, whatever the date was, I believe it was in July, it might have been August, uh, I, I, I was walking my dog on a Saturday morning early. It must have been like 8.30, which is kind of late for me to walk my dog, but it was Saturday. And it was very hot. I was in California and I was, you know, walking my dog and, you know, he's on and off the leash uh, uh, because, uh, uh, you know, he, he was a good dog. My dog, a Wheezy, just passed away. R.I.P. to Wheezy. Um, uh, um, and, 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 you know, I was going through Twitter as I do and I get my sports and it was the summertime, so it was not much. And I start seeing the video of Charlottesville, uh, uh, West Virginia, right? And, 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 and the infamous... Jews will not replace us. You will not replace us. And I, and I honestly, I walked my dog a little bit and I, I, I know exactly where I was. And I was like, wait a second, what the fuck were these guys saying? So I went and looked back the video and I was like, Jews are not, what the fuck? who are these people? Like, what is this shit? Like, and nobody wants to replace you. Like nobody, we're not trying to, there's nothing that we or anybody else is trying to do that has to do with you. This is in my head. And I'm walking my dog, and, you know, I was just like, fuck that. You know, and I'm literally, I, I'm in, you know, sweatshirt and a t-shirt, and it's a warm Saturday morning, like only in L.A., and I have my dog in the left hand. And I don't know why to this day, I think it's because I thought that's what you were supposed to do, but I put the camera like this, because that's what I thought, how you do videos. I've now lowered it down, because also it screws with my arthritis. But I did this video, which you didn't put in there because I know we're not supposed to curse because we're also, for many reasons why you're not supposed to curse. But I did this video about what I called, and I'm going to curse, sorry, you know, uh, uh, the Tiki Torch uh, dorm room dumb fucks. And it was like, I think it was a 60 second rant. And I didn't even at the time equate it to the new regime, which was Trump, I just was like, you know, who, like, who would, who, in my head, I was like, who would spend, if you're young and you're in college, a Saturday night, a Friday night, in the summertime, this is what you're choosing to do, and I was like, had all these thoughts, I was like, who the fuck, a young man would spend a Friday night marching, that's your plan, with a bunch of guys in khaki, and you're going to go, Jews will not replace us. And this, and I was just like, and I put this, this rant out and, and it just went, it just lasted for like two or three weeks. And you know, it, it, it you know, this person saw it and that person saw it. And I just didn't think twice of it. And it just kept going, going, going. And, and that was sort of the world's introduction to my social political views. I had been talking about social political stuff 
on my podcast, the I Am Rappaport Stereo Podcast. Um, <clears throat> but, you know, uh, outside of the masses, although masses should listen um, to the podcast because it is very fun. Um, that was the first time. And, 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 and since then, you know, um, it's just something as, 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 as um, you know, I, I, I feel like I, 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 I'm, I, I consider myself educated about what's going on politically in the United States now. And, you know, um, I would call myself a C student about what's going on politically in the world. I feel like I'm maybe a B plus student about what's going on in the United States now. Um, but I felt like with that, Charlottesville and the Jews will not replace us and everything that was going on with Trump and the antagonistic nature of Trump. And some people say, well, Michael Rappert, you're antagonistic. And I go, yeah, I'm a fucking actor comedian. I'm not the president of the United States. You know, uh, 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 actor comedians, that's what we do for a living. And I can tell you, as disruptive as I am, uh, uh, um, if I was the president of the United States, I wouldn't be an antagonist. I would try my best. And the name calling and talking about how you prefer your war heroes not to be captured. And I didn't even know who Ted Cruz was, but the lying Ted Cruz, and you're talking about people's wives. Like, what is going on here? And all those things were like, no, no, I don't care about the policies. I don't care about the taxes. This is not okay. And it was with being totally um, just about the personality and for me feeling like this is inappropriate and this is coming from somebody who is inappropriate. I was like, this is just not okay. And then it just sort of continued and I so haven't you, stopped. Okay, so you, you brought up Trump and I was going to obviously bring it up a little bit later, but let's talk about it now. <laughs> it, would, it, you would, you, it seems like, it doesn't seem like, Trump has validated the Proud Boys he said there were fine people on both sides. He told the, the Proud Boys, stand by. Um, stand by and stand down. Stand by and stand down. So we talk about anti-Semitism today. All forms of hate we have to, we have to oppose. But I feel like, and I think you'll, you'll, you'll say it more articulately, I feel like he's opened the door to make it okay to be hateful in public, on social media, to gather in groups and be hateful. And there are very few people like you that call it out and call it out and call it out. So let's talk about, you know, what, how your feelings about the validation that comes from the top. You, you, you just reminded me because I honestly, yeah, he said about Charlottesville, there were very fine people on both sides. This was like, I was like, no, these are, these are, this is not acceptable. This, this is not, you're not telling Jewish people that the Jews are, these are fucking bad people. And when you're, you know, petting them and, and, and saying there's very fine people on both sides, this is what, it got me very, very, very angry. And, 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 um, and you know, as far as the way I speak, how I speak, why I speak, I am not a tough guy. You know, my accent and my delivery appears uh, uh, um, you know, that uh, I, I may seem like I'm inviting some sort of confrontation. That's not what I, 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 I um, ever intend, want, or wish upon myself or anybody else. Um, but, you know, I feel like 
if you have a platform and that was going on, particularly as a, as a Jewish person, I was more surprised that more people, whether you're an actor, celebrity, whether you have 2 million followers or 20 followers, that other people didn't have the phone up to their face. And, you know, it's one thing to tweet something strongly. And, and I'm not a hero by any means. But the ramifications and the, 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 the sort of message of putting your face up there and saying this is not acceptable um, and saying it in a way that's, um, um, you know, with a lot of language and curse words and blunt, um, you know, it, that's how I best articulate myself. You know, as, as an actor, you know, there's very technically skilled actors. There's Anthony Hopkins. There's, um, there's actors uh, that are technically skilled um, surgeons. They could do accents and, and there's, you know, uh, you know, there's actors that are like, it's them. You know, one of my biggest strengths at articulating myself, albeit as an actor, a, a podcaster, a performer, my, my problem, my biggest strength is articulating my emotions. And, 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 and those emotions um, of frustration, fear, concern, and anger came across and seemed to resonate with people. I don't know when a video, if I did, I'd be a very rich person. I don't know how to make something go viral. I don't expect something to go viral. I don't plan for things to go viral. Um, uh, the, the benefit for me in regards to social um, anti-Semitic things is that I have a platform to say them as opposed to just stomping my feet alone. And, and I do that. I think, I think this idea of video over written words is actually important because you're fighting the video of Tucker Carlson. You're fighting the video of Kanye West. So you're actually, you, it shouldn't only be you, it should be yeah. more people than you, but you're fighting very powerful video. Yeah. I mean, we talk about Carlson and we talk about Kanye. Those are tens, twenties, millions of, of, of views and they're powerful. They're powerful and they're powerful and, you know, as, as, as divisive and as, uh, um, you know, um, how much I disagree with, you know, some of the people uh, that you mentioned and, you know, the cast, the characters, they're not, none of those people are dumb. Mm-hmm. Um, you, anybody could say what they want about Trump and I've said a lot of it. Um, and anybody could say about, you know, this media person or, you know, that media person, these are not dumb people. Um, the one thing for me that I have in my advantage is in regards to social, political, um, anti-Semitic, uh, I'm not, I'm, I'm, a, I'm an actor. I don't make my living um, as, as on Fox News, CNN News, MSNBC, this, that, and the third. So when Trump is calling people names and all that stuff, and Tucker Carlson is, you know, mocking people and all that stuff, the one thing that I have is my ability to say, you motherfucker, you. And, <laughs> and I, again, I know I'm not supposed to curse. And you, you can certainly curse. I know. This, we're, we're breaking... St- I mean, no, you can curse. It's not a who, real who church anymore. It wasn't gonna a church. Get it, we're going to be in so much trouble. <laughs> like, this is going to be the next news thing. Michael Rappaport and 500 Jews were cursing in a church. Talking about how oppressed the Jews. 
So I don't mean to disrespect the church or anybody or, or the federation, but you know, you know, like articulating myself in that way is just, it's, it's, it's who I am. It's how I speak. And I feel like if you're going to speak about something that is resonating on an emotional level, that is how I speak on an emotional right. level. And the, the things, you know, uh, uh, um, with the anti-Semitism, specifically that, um, have been so surprising. And I was talking earlier with Karen uh, when we were at lunch, you know, uh, about anti-Semitism. Growing up in New York City, um, I was never exposed to in-my-face anti-Semitism. I never really, I never had any of it. My brother had a couple of little, you know, non-eventful sort of things that we've talked about now as we've gotten older. But my first real sort of, oh, wow, with anti-Semitism was after that rant. Right. And the DMs and the comments, forget the DMs, the comments were, that were out in the real world, like, you know, and, 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 and I was shocked, shocked to this day. I mean, you know, I, I, you know, to this day, I could say, what a beautiful day in Montreal. And on Twitter, you know, the, today I said something random, something about the NBA. Somebody put Jew. <laughs> I mean, and you know, this is one of the things, and I just, you know, like, I'm just like, this is, what is, who, like, what is this? This isn't, what, you know, like, what are you talking about? Like, you know, this is crazy that people think that they could, you know, and that's so, like, the least of my stuff, but I mean, I, it's every single day on social media, and it's so, it's such a trip to me that people speak that way and think that way and, and really think that that's okay to talk like that. So, you, you, you know, you said you're a B-plus student in, in American politics, so how, how does... Um, Shit, now because, I, I'm a C-minus, C-minus. C-minus. No, but I think, you know... D, I'm a D student. <laughs> like it or not, America, America does influence yeah. much, much of the world and, and, and all of North America. Yeah. So how does America go from this version of the Republican Party to a version that has the policies that Republicans like, that still supports Israel, but that doesn't endorse all of this hate, that doesn't have the Fox heads that have the most viewers in any cable, of any cable network, maybe not now, but how do you, how do you move back to, to, to the regular Republican Party so that the Jews in this room will say, hey, look what Trump did for Israel, and what would you say? First of all, Is, is, did you, is that on videotape, you asking me that? I guess. Because my father is 89 years old. <laughs> and just to tell you something, when my father sees me sitting in front of all you people and you asking me the question you just asked me, he is going to fucking die laughing. <laughs> uh. Let alone my wife. My father's going to be like, anyway, honestly, I, I don't, I feel like the divisive nature of politics is at an all time high and whether it's the left, left, the regular left, the in the middle left, the right, right, and so forth and so on. The line has been drawn and we gained points somehow. And this is the thing that Trump did that is unforgivable. We gained points in politics 
by name-calling, by insulting, by criticizing, um, not just policies, personalities, people's wives, um, and so forth and so on. And until both sides, both, both sides decide to cut the bullshit, and until both sides, you know, are okay and comfortable with saying, you know what, I was wrong about that. Or, you know, a year and a half ago, I thought this, and now I think something differently without feeling like it makes you weak. I don't know how the fix, because we have got our feet in the ground and they're so deep in the ground. And, you know, one thing I know as a, as a personality as, as, as outspoken as I am and as a personality that's loud and as blunt as I am, you know, we're sitting backstage. If we're talking about uh, the Seattle C- Supersonics coming back to um, uh, Seattle, I might get excited and I might, you know, spit on you. And I go, oh, I'm sorry, Mitch, I, I spat on you. If I don't say I spat on you and I know I spat on you, you know, what kind of a, you know. So if you're going to talk shit. And, 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 and I'm going to say, you know, uh, uh, and, and you're going to insult people and all that stuff. And, and, and you, know, uh, um, you know, if this is the way we're communicating, like I said, this is, this is you know, everybody's going to be cleaning it up. I don't care if you're left, 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 right, right, right. We're just going to be sitting here cleaning up. I don't have an answer. These two old bags of shit that we have, Trump and Biden, are not the answer. This is not the answer. And unfortunately, you know, my mother lives in Florida and I have a lot of family in Florida because, you know, Jews in Florida, that's just like, you know, it's Israel, Florida. It's inevitable that if you're a Jew, you don't have a family member in Florida. Um, you know, a lot of the, they have a lot of, you know, positive things to say about DeSantis. DeSantis isn't the, the answer. And... Um, I don't know what the answer is. I don't know what the answer is because it's gotten to the point where I feel, you know, again, I don't, I'm not an expert, but it's gotten to the point where I feel like we are, have our feet in the ground with, you know, picking a side. And if you don't pick a side, stick to a side. And, and, and it's like gangs. It's like, there's, it's like the Republican gang and, and the Democratic gang. And if you don't ride or die, like it's like boys in the hood or something like that for that gang, you're, you're like not a part of it. And it's just, we're going to just be doing it. I don't know what to do. Do you, do you have an opinion on the way Elon Musk is, is running Twitter? Because it is the, bu- I do have it's, an, the bu- I have it's the bullhorn. It's the bullhorn of opinion. Much of it anonymous. By I, way, I have an opinion that I could be called fucking Jew on a platform that I'm paying eleven ninety nine for a blue check mark. And that when I report it, it, there's, it there's, no, there's no problem with that. So yeah, I have a, pro- I have a problem with that. That I, I am one of these dummies who's paying whatever it's nine ninety nine, and when I report every day, or just today, but literally every day, you know, crazy uh, photos, uh, uh, you know, just the anti-Semitic things. You, you, your, your movies suck. Uh, 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 your podcast sucks. You, you don't know about this. I don't care about that. But yeah, I have a problem with that off the top. That he's made that cool and 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 acceptable. That that's free speech. You know, that ain't free speech, you know, uh, 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 and I mean, as an experiment, I would love to try that, you know, insulting another uh, group of people and see how it fly. But I know as, as you know, you could follow me on Twitter. Uh, you'll see a lot of times I retweet these, these things. They get reported. I'll report it myself. The report you submitted is dot, 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 dot. We found nothing wrong. I go, I'm paying for this shit. I haven't like, had least, one. 
And I had one comeback where they, the person who called me fucking Jew, whatever the case was, I haven't had one comeback where they suspended the person, not one. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So, and I have far fewer followers than you do, but I haven't had one comeback. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. So, you know, a lot of, like, the technical aspects, for somebody who is um, not, um, uh, um, uh, uh, you know, who's a passionate tweeter, mm-hmm. sometimes my English could be wrong. So I like that I could edit because I still, to this day, haven't mastered two, two, there, theirs, and stuff like that. <laughs> but, but, you know, so I think some of the things that he's done, you know, are, are good for Twitter. But to think that it's, you, you know, to think, to, 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 to think, you know, how many times am I going to be called a hook-nosed Jew by Squidworth from Spongebob? <laughs> When I'm paying to be a part of this, like I'm an elite member, like I'm flying first class. I'm one of the dummies that's still paying for the check mark. And, and, and how many times am I going to be insulted by, you know, a crying Michael Jordan face? It's, it's like, a, you know, I should, I should at least but, be able to get something like, you know, I, that should at least be taken out of my timeline. I actually don't think that anonymous tweeters should get the blue check mark and now they can buy it. So Squidworth have a blue check mark. Right. So he's got the editing and all the exactly. Other so, you know, as far as, you know, Twitter and, you know, what it is, it is what it is. You know, I also know, unfortunately, it's disgusting that that's the nature of social media. It's crazy that they, like, if so, if, so if somebody is on social media, you, you can pretty much say anything to them, including anti-Semitic things, which is insane to me. Well, social media needs you. And as much as there's... I have this discussion with people all the time. It is true that the absolute worst shit can be found on Twitter. And, the, and the, the, the kinds of things that people are able to post and say are horrible. But some of the best things are found on Twitter. There are some really, really Can I just chime people. in? For yeah, somebody who course. knows, uh, in terms of uh, the Michael Rappaport um, um, data of social media, of the worst things that people will say publicly, number one... Facebook is the is the is the is the true goat, the Michael Jordan of open, not d- DMs, right up out there, insane, crazy, anti-Semitic things out in the open. And I'm not just talking about Jew. I'm talking about the whole the whole gamut. And then you'll check, and it'll go. Okay, let me just see where this guy is. It'll be a picture of him and his two daughters. And he has a, uh, you know, a, uh, uh, he has a, a home detailing company and he's in Missouri and his address. And I'm like, the, the fact that people feel comfortable enough to have the whole thing and he's a God loving person and God first. And, you know, it's not like some weird memes, like people have their address and all that stuff and they say the craziest things. But as far as the nastiest people, Facebook is number one, Twitter is number two, Instagram is number three. And, and I've tested it. Well, this is, I mean, this is important because if we're talking about fighting anti-Semitism and what we can do, it's clear to me that, you know, social media is the conduit for anti-Semitism, but it's also the conduit for fighting anti-Semitism. It's the conduit for anti-Muslim hate. It's also the conduit for, you know, for supporting, you know, Muslims and anybody else, LGBT. It's the absolute sewer for hating the LGBT community, and it's the place to support the LGBT community. So we'll, we'll jump off that for a sec. We, we, we showed Kanye on the, uh, on the screen. And that was also a big coming out for you. So you had the, the rally in Charlottesville, and then Kanye said he's going to wake up and go DEFCON 3. DEFCON 1 is the most extreme DEFCON, but he said he was going to go DEFCON 3 on the Jews when he woke up in the morning. 
So when you woke up in the morning and you saw that, obviously it triggered you, but if you can remember what you were thinking. I wake up triggered, by the way. I don't need anything to trigger me. I don't know if it's the coffee. No, but I, I, I um, you know, I, 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 again, it was just somebody who has been tiptoeing around, saying stuff, who I think has provided an incredible life for himself, for his family, who's immensely talented, and who, you know, somehow, someway conjured up ideas, the most stereotypical ideas, the old basics, the back to basics, the fundamental ideas of the Jewish people owning everything, controlling everything, uh, uh, um, you know, uh, uh, you know, just sort of like this secret society, which is, I mean, look, it's true. We're here tonight. Um, (laughs) but, but you know, the, the, that, that, and, 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 and for him to speak it and tweet it, and this is, you know, I'd have to look at the, the, the timeline of list of things that he said in regards to uh, anti-Semitic t- things. I was just like, this is, I'm, this is not going to happen. This is not, I am not going to, I don't care who it is. I don't care how popular. I'm a fan. I've met him. Black, white. This is not, I am going to say something and I'm going to say it and I'm going to articulate it in the uh, uh, most um, blunt honest, um, truthful, impactful way that I can. And, and, and I was like, there's no way. And, and there's no way I'm going to say, you know, uh, you know, accept it and, and, and not say anything. There is absolutely no way. And, um, and, and I had to say what I had to say. And then when the next week, when those people were on the 405, you know, you know, like celebrating him, you know, it's like, this is what you caused. And, and there's, you know, you need to go uh, wherever you need to go. I don't need to, to choose that. But you're you're a sick you're a sick person who's perpetuating disgusting, ridiculous, old school, uh, uh, fundamental anti-Semitism, and you know, and you know, and 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 it's just not it's just you know it's not going to happen. As far as why other people in Hollywood, you know don't articulate themselves the way I do. I can't speak on behalf of other people in Hollywood. You know, I know that I'd be shocked if, um, you know, other people, uh, uh, um, you know, do articulate themselves. You know, other people, uh, you know, do stand up, you know, uh, uh, whether they do it, you know, in a way that is satisfying. That I, I, I can't speak to that either. I can tell you why. You are unafraid to lose a gig, to get into a feud, to be banned from Madison Square Garden if you really are banned from there. You're, you're, you're unafraid to be in a feud, whether it's with, with Trump or Kyrie or Kevin Durant or David Portnoy. The guy's rich, poor. And I would say that most people are afraid to lose a gig, to be in a feud, um, you know, to potentially lose revenue. I think that's the difference between you and, and most of Hollywood. I, I guess, you know, I guess, you know, and, and some of those things, you know, were, were, were more pop culture things. Some of them, you know, are business things. But when it comes to the anti-Semitism, it, it's just, it is just, if I have, you know, a, 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 you know, a voice and, and a, a platform and, you know, a, a personality, you know, w- which is worth anything, whether it's, a, a, you know, 
now, you know, because I, I, you know, I, I'm going to say something. I am absolutely going to say something because as far as being a Jewish man in Hollywood, you know, the, the culture that is most um, portrayed by Jewish men in Hollywood is, is a very truthful culture, uh, a very truthful part of our c- culture and personality, which is the neuroses, the funny, which we all are. Which is, uh, um, you know, uh, the, like, you know, the, 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 the you know, neurotic, uh, uh, whether it's, you know, back from, you know, Woody Allen or Larry David or, uh, you know, Ross uh, on, on um, Friends. David Schwimmer is a, is, a, is, a, is a fighter, too. He's a tough fighter and, and he's not scared. And, and he articulates himself in a strong way. It's, it's a little bit more eloquent than I, I do. But David Schwimmer is somebody, you know, he, he's, he's down. And, um, but, you know, as far as, you know, you know one thing as, as an actor, you know, um, we're all okay. And I could say this with, with, with love and respect. You know, we're all okay, you know, the Jewish actors chewing it up. That's part of our personality. That's part of our culture. The neuroses, and that's fine. But when it's time to say, hey, motherfucker, that, that's not okay, they don't say a word. And that's why I get frustrated. And, you know, sometimes I get to the, I get to the, 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 the line where I'm going to say, this person's name, and, and name all their actors. But it's everyone's choice to make those decisions. And, and, you know, one thing that has come out of, you know, the last year for me is that, I will not, unless it's totally, totally necessary, and I cannot reach out to that person, I will go out of my way not to attack another Jewish person publicly if, I, will, I won't call out other actors. I won't do that because that's just, that's just something that I won't do. For not stepping up. No, if I could speak to them and ask them and encourage, but I will not. Name names, and I, and I got to a point with the Kanye thing, to be totally honest with you, where I was, you know, and I know these people, and but my thought was, if 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 I do know them, my responsibility first is to speak to them, and hear them, or or not, but if I'm going to be a man, and I'm going to be uh, uh, um, the Jewish way. If I'm not going to go to that measure to either speak out to them or not, how dare I attack them and say, you know, blah, blah, you know, you know, whoever, why don't you say something? And whoever, why don't you say something? Or eh, that's not appropriate. But eh, yeah. I got to that point where I was thinking, I'm going to start naming names. Why, are my, why am I the only one here saying this stuff? There's also, I think there's a, there's a great power in being a comedian. So Dave Chappelle is, is outspoken in a, in a humorous way. I don't find this particular bit funny about the LGBT community. Chris Rock is outspoken about Meghan Markle not really being black. And you're outspoken about the tiki tortures and no one wants to replace you. Don't worry, no one, no one wants to be you. I think there's a great power in being a comedian because it's a delivery and yeah. there's an acceptance of being a little bit edgy, edgier yeah. than a non-comedian can be. Yeah, well, 100%. Uh, uh, you know, and those guys are the, the best of the best. You know, uh, Chappelle and, and Chris Rock. And, you know, they're comedians first. You know, um, and, you know, we've gotten to a point in regards to cancel culture and, and, and you know, that the, the, the old Lucille Ball, you know, the old pie in the face would be deemed as bullying now. And it's, it's, it's ridiculous. And, you know, I think that, you know, number one, I think people know the difference between a mean 
spiteful, nasty uh, point of view and a joke. Um, and we, uh, um, you know, uh, um, you know, I think it's comedy is comedy. And yeah. if you go to a comedy club, you're going there to laugh, not to judge, not to catch somebody in a, in a, in a, in a snafu and oops, you know, it, it's not, um, you know, uh, you know, to catch a comedian, uh, you know, or, or who's working out material or, or who, 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 who offends, you know, like that's the, you know, comedy clubs used to be a sanctuary to, to, to try things and stuff like that. And now, you know, you say the wrong thing. You could be working on a joke mm-hmm. and you say the wrong thing and you miss, miss, you know, put a word in something like that. And, you know, it could be taken and put on social media and the next thing you know, you're in a hole. But you're, but you're okay with the cancel culture that comes from the consumer. So Adidas, who came to an agreement, they didn't come to an agreement. They canceled their contract with Kanye because of his comments. I think that's perfect cancel culture. That ain't, I don't even call that cancel culture. It's like, do you want to keep doing business with this piece of shit or not? <laughs> you know, it's... it's this term cancel culture is is taking on a life of its own. This this is a piece of shit, you, you know. And and you know we don't have to get in the history of Adidas and their whole, you know. That's a whole other, you know, yeah. you know, conversation. And you know, it's a whole other evening of discussion to like the awareness of that. And I give thanks to Schwimmer because he really hipped me to the history of Adidas. But you know, cancel culture and like, it's like John Morant, you know, the basketball player. People say, well, he's not flashing, you know, he might not have been breaking a law. Well, the, he, his laws are the NBA laws. It's like Disney, it's like Mickey Mouse flashing gun. You work for the NBA. So it don't matter if, if it was loaded, not loaded, you know, your laws are the laws of the NBA. Just yeah. like if you saw like Disney in Mickey Mouse's flashing gun, like, what the fuck is Mickey Mouse can't flash guns? Right. It's Mickey Mouse. So, you know, cancel culture rules. You know, I think that, you know, there, there's. Things have changed. There's words you shouldn't say that we all grew up saying. Uh, 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 there's words um, that have out, uh, you know, have, have, have no longer, you know, and I'm cool with that. But there's, you know, there's, there can't be agendas. There can't be political agendas. And, 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 and comedy itself is just like, Everybody, don't go to a comedy club looking to get offended. <coughs> go to uh, an offended club. Go to go to a therapist, <laughs> or stay home because that is just not the, the place to, to do it. But you know what's funny about comedy? More so than the comedians having to pull their their punches. If you say something in a comedy club, you know, and and you're riffing on things, you'll see. The, 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 the crowd go, ha, you know, like look around, like, should I be like, they're going to get canceled for laughing. I'm like, La-, you, you know, like, it, yeah. but you, you, you see that on people's faces. Look, it's more, it's more accountability than, than cancel. If you're Kanye and you're making 200 million from Adidas, there's a certain, certain moral compass that you're going to have to live up to. Um, Kyrie Irving, another yeah. example. He didn't say anything illegal. He, I mean, he's controversial in, in and of himself. He's a flat earther, he's an anti-vaxxer, and he's quite anti-Israel and was suspended for that. And you went off on Kyrie. Yeah. But what, and what do you, and well, not what do you think of Kyrie. He's bounced around from team to team. He's bounced from controversy to controversy. He's always against the grain. I think the anti-Semitism was 
you know, crossing the line. Obviously, the NBA thought yep. it was crossing the line. So, Kyrie. I, I think Kyrie, um, number one, on top of the, um, the, the flat earther, which is, isn't hurting anybody, uh, 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 you know, and, and, and I think that inevitable, I think initially that was sort of a tongue-in-cheek thing. You know, it's like, okay, you believe that, okay. Um, you know, uh, the anti-vaxxing, we get into a whole other conversation. And then when you get into promoting a video that he said he didn't watch, and I believe he didn't watch it, then you have to, you have to bite the bullet for what you did. Because if you're stupid enough to promote the video that you didn't watch and find out that, you know, the rest of the video was all this stuff, well, you got to eat that. I also think that Kyrie Irving, you know, is a, um, a bad, uh, 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 like, you know, when you go to work, um, you know, you need to show up on time. You need to be a, a participant with your, your coworkers. Uh, you need to, uh, you know, show up for pre, pre, uh, pregame, uh, you know, practice. Uh, so on top of all the things that we knew about, I think Kyrie Irving is just a, a, a not a professional. So I think, you know, to the outside world, you know, it, it seemed like, oh, the suspension is harsh. I think the Nets were like, we've been, th- these are the things that we let you know about. This guy's a pain in the ass. This guy doesn't show up to practice. This guy, you know, sits out games, whether it's flat earth, whether it's because he needed mental health days. Uh, you know, he uses up every single, you know, sort of cliche excuse that you can now. And then on top of that, we're not winning. So it, it, it gave them to be like, and you're promoting this video? Bye-bye. And, and, you know, inevitably, you know, just not to go down a basketball rabbit hole, I, you know, because I don't want to turn into the ESPN or, you know, Skip and Shannon, although I love that show. Um, you know, I think inevitably, you know, Kyrie Irving is a spectacular one-man show to watch, but not a winning basketball player. But that's to be discussed or debated, uh, you know, with Stephen A. Smith. So I have a, yeah. So I have a, uh... Or unless anybody wants to discuss it and debate it right here. No, that's right. So... I have a philosophical question for you, and it's, it's, it's actually for everyone in the room, and it's, it's for me as well, which is, are Jews the best people to be vocally, you know, fighting anti-Semitism, or wouldn't it be great to get non-Jews to be speaking out about anti-Semitism? I think we'd be the best group to speak out against Muslim hate and, and black hate. Jews, this is my opinion, and, 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 and I don't... I don't it's like when you asked me that question that I laughed at because my father would think it was so funny because, you know, uh, uh, you know, in my opinion, number first and foremost, Jews need to be number one, two, three, four, and five about speaking out about anti-Semitism. Whether you do it like me, whether you do it in a more articulate way, whether you do it in a more, um, you know, uh, eloquent way, whether you do it in a more passive way, first and foremost, we must be the, 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 the front line, second line, third, no and question. fourth line. Of course it would be great if other people um, and other groups of people, other races, other colors, other religions spoke out on our behalf and we can say, well, we, we do this and we do that, um, but we cannot expect or, um, you know, we can't expect... Uh, other people to do it because historically speaking, uh, uh, you know, it just ain't working. And, right. and I think that we, you know, and until, 
you know, one of the things that Chappelle said in, 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 the, in, the, in, the, in the, one of his, well, everything he says is controversial. And that last, you know, um, special that he did about the LGBTQ, he had made all these jokes. And then at the end of it, he said, you know, as a black person, I'm really jealous of them because they got their shit in order and they took care of business. And whether you agree with them, don't agree with them, they got things in line and nobody says shit about them. And, 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 you know, that was the sentiment of his whole bit. And, and that's why I thought if you watched the whole thing, I thought he was very articulate, very honest. But I think in regards to Jew, Jewish people, we must speak, uh, 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 we must stand up first and foremost. And, and, and if the rest follow, that'd be great. Yeah. But I don't know why, and I'm not an expert, I don't know why people think that it's okay to say um, and do anything they want to Jewish people. I, I don't understand why that is. No, and I, and I do think that... They need blood. It's blood they need to see for, it, for them to possibly get excited. I'm not even sure about that because the blood of little children is spilled in, in school shootings all the time and it's in the news for a day and a half and then it's, and then it's gone. So right. it's, it, it's, it's, a, it's a tough one. I, ju- I just think that we as a community, we need to always be speaking out about all forms of hate and it will, it will help the cause of anti-Semitism. I, I believe that. You know, spray painting, I found out today, spray painting the oldest synagogue in Montreal in, 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 or in, in the oldest... Spray painting that with the swastika is not something that I shouldn't know about. And it's not just me, Michael Rappert. Yeah. Everybody should know about that. Well, you posted the, you posted the I forget what college it was, where they, they just smeared <laughs> shit all over the walls in, yeah. in, in, in swastika. I don't know who does that. Who, who uses shit to make the swastikas? But it's, it's a lot of work. <laughs> you you got to collect the lot. shit and then you got to paint it. <laughs> I mean, you really got to really, really respect... The, uh, the, the artist. The, yeah, I mean, that's a sick, <laughs> sick, sick, sick anti-Semite. I mean, you got to go, you are really, you know. But, yeah, I mean, that, that, again, you know, if that had been towards another, and not to say that it's the battle of the, you know, because I don't like to get into this, the battle of, of, of the oppressed. Right. Well, you, we did this to you, and this happened, because that's a whole other, another mess. But speaking on behalf of the Jewish people, which is, you know, I don't know why that's not mainstream media. I mean, I can understand why something in Montreal may not make it to the United States, but there's other things that do make it, you know, uh, in regards to, you know, other, other, uh, you know, um, you know, uh, rhetoric. You said something interesting. I think you were watching the video. I saw you back there about your Judaism. Um, you're kind of discovering where you, where you fit you know that you're very much against hate and very much against anti-Semitism. You know you're Jewish. You're a New York Jew. You live in, you, you, you live in, in the Upper East Side in New York. You've been there your whole life. You're a Knicks fan. Um, have you been to Israel? I haven't. Okay. I know. I know. So, well, I know everybody's going to be I, like, I, I, I got a trip speaking, planned out for you. Speaking of cancel culture. Oh. Yeah, so you have to get to Israel. I know. I'm going this year. <laughs> I'm going this year. Yeah. And I know it's going to be a very, very... Yeah. Because, you know, what you have in this room, and you'll have it in any room in New York, is you've got practicing Jews. Yeah. You've got non-practicing Jews like me. You've got Zionists, which probably makes up 99.9% of the people in the room. And I think we think of you as a Zionist because you're protecting Jews and you're protecting Israel. 
using your social media platform. It doesn't matter that you haven't been there. Most Jews haven't been to Israel. But go there. Yeah, no, I know. <laughs> I'm, I, I am. I'm going this year. So you were also telling me upstairs that, and this is the, this is the case with a lot of comedians, and I don't know if you identify yourself as, you have so many slashes next to your, your bio, um, is that in real life, which is not this and not your social media, pretty quiet and not the t- most talkative guy in the room. No. So, so what do you like at, at home? You've got kids, you've got a wife. Um, what, like, what do you like when the, when the phone is not on Instagram record? Well, that's probably like one of the, my things my wife, you know, complains about. She goes, you talk on this, you know, you, you talk on a podcast, you're screaming on this. And then when you get home, you got nothing to say. And I want to talk. I go, you know, I'm, 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 I'm beaten down by the time I get home. But, you know, in, in general, you know, I'm, I'm just a dude. You know, I'm a dude. I love my I love my reality TV. And, and I, I know I, I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole. I, I want to. I you want can, to. You can go. Go down. You go. go. I, 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 I want to because, you know, this event would not be taking place if it was tomorrow night because tomorrow night uh, uh, is the Vanderpump Rules finale. Again, we're not going to go down that road, okay? But we all know tomorrow night uh, uh, that will be the main thing that we will be watching, uh, discussing. And, and I will say, uh, you know, um, you know it, it, during the NBA playoffs, there's been hard decisions to make. You know, there's Steph Curry, who's my guy, and then there's, you know, the Real Housewives of New Jersey. You know, so I have to, uh, you know, hem and haw. Yeah, it's not 1970. You can record the show and watch yeah. the game. But, but there's, I, 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 there, there is nothing like watching the Real Housewives and or Vanderpump Rules or let's just say the entire slate of Bravo live. Again, I don't want to go down this rabbit hole. I don't want to go down this rabbit hole, but I'm just a dude, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a you know, I, I, I'm, a, I'm a guy who loves what he does. I am a person who never expected to um, have a, a, a career as, a, as an actor. I grew up wanting to be a basketball player, which is the thing all Jewish flat-footed, you know, uh, uh, you know uh, men with, you know, um, ulcerative colitis dream of doing, you know, flat feet, stomach issues, and just an overall inflammatory body is the body of most NBA players. So it just was shocking when I didn't come close. I mean, when, like, the ball was up here, I swing. So, like, my hoop dreams were, like, it wouldn't even, hoop nightmare is not even, even saying what it actually was. But, you know, I, I love what I do. I respect and appreciate the opportunities that I have as a performer, as an actor, as a, as a comedian, as a podcaster, as a commentator on whether it be sports or whether it be on Watch What Happens Live. Again, I'm not going down the rabbit hole. <laughs> you know, I, 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 I um, you know, the social media, um, you know, sort of, you know, commenter on, on, on things that are of a more serious thing is something that I did not intend. I do not intend um, I, 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 I don't plan them. It is just their gut instincts. They're not contrived. Um, and, um, but it is just how things are. It is just how things are and where they are. But in general, I'm just a, I'm like a dude like everybody else. You've, I'm sure you've heard this before, but you, you seem to have so much in common with Howard Stern. You're huh. New York born and bred, shock jock, shock comic, shock social media guy um, you share many of the same political views the same view of Trump the same view obviously of hate and 
LGBT, let people be what they want to be. What's your relationship with Stern, and has he influenced you in any way? Well, my relationship with him is is just, you know, I mean, I, I, you know, honestly, I, I, I spent, you know, um, very little time with him outside of on the air, and, and you know, uh, you know uh, most of it's on the... You know, my, my, I don't have a relationship with him personally. I mean, if I ever needed to call him and ask him a question, I'm sure that he would be more than happy to, you know, answer it. But, you know, I've, 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 you know, in the 90s, I had a couple of dinners with him and a group of people. But, you know, my relationship is a professional relationship. I love him. I'm a fan of his. And, and, and in regards to my, my spiel, my shtick, on the Howard Stern show, it comes from being a fan. I'm just a fan, you know, and, and, and why I engage the way I do uh, in, 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 on the Howard Stern show is because I'd rather be a part of the crazy than sit back and absorb, uh, uh, um, observe the craziness of that. Because when I was growing up as a kid, you know, there was no internet. And as a teenager, you'd get in a cab or you'd go into a deli uh, or you'd... Uh, um, yeah, you get into a cab, go into a deli, or you'd, you know, uh, you know, you, I would hear this insanity on the radio, and then you'd, you'd hear a little bit of it. I didn't know when it was on. I didn't turn the dial to listen to it, but I was like, this is crazy. So my involvement and my fandom is I want to incite that kind of old school Howard Stern stuff. So when I go on there attacking Baba Booey and his big teeth, that's just a shtick. It's performance art. And, and, and the, one of the funny things about that is that people come up to me pretty much every day, at least once a day, and go, is that real with you and Baba Booey and his ginormous teeth? Uh, uh, and I always tell them, it, and I've said it on the air, it's not real, but it makes me laugh and so much, and, and it makes him laugh, and I'm just a fan. I am just a fan. I'm just a fan of sports. I talk about sports, and I am just a huge fan of, uh, you know, all things Bravo. And so those things to be able to speak on those things, you know, and, and fantasy football, those things to be able to speak on them. I speak on them as a fan, uh, uh, uh from a fan's point of view. And, 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 and that's, but to you, me, that's fun. But you both get, you both get riled up over the Charlottesvilles, over the Trump verdict, or you both get riled over the same things and you feel a need to express your opinions to the audience. So yes, he's got a lot of funny shtick, but then he's got, yeah. hey, this is, this is wrong. Yeah. And I need, to, I need to talk about how wrong this is. You know, I don't think, you know, Howard, to me, you know, as he's gotten older and deeper into his therapy, and I can't speak on behalf of Howard Stern, you know, sometimes I feel like, you know, uh, 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 you know I need to let him talk, and then I need to... And then I'll, at some point, you know, get deeper into my therapy and slow down a little bit. And hopefully some younger lunatic will come along and he'll take the baton of being the one who's going to take the punches, uh, not literally, hopefully ever, but figuratively uh, uh, from, you know, saying the things that need to be said. Um, because Howard's a little older and I'm a little bit more chill and he articulates himself very, very patiently. And as a however old man he is now, um, and I still feel like, um, um, you know in the streets with it. Like, I feel, still feel like I have the, 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 the energy to go 15 rounds. Not the 12 rounds, right. the, the full 15. Some of the, some of the people here have not seen your post like minutes after the sexual abuse verdict against Trump came in. I have to tell you, it was one of the most raw, 
posts that I've ever seen. And it came, it came out so naturally. It's like you were waiting for the verdict. Probably you were waiting for the verdict. But they'll go home and they'll see it. But you really ripped on that one. Yes. <laughs> you know, it's just been such a frustrating time, uh, uh, you, you know, with him. And, and in my opinion, listen... You know, we were talking earlier today, you know, as far as Jewish people, you know, we could sit here and articulate and appreciate all the things that Trump did for Israel. And he does that so we don't criticize all the other shit. He, do, he does that to shut us up. Um, and they're done. And I'm, gr- I'm glad that he got them done. And hopefully they'll stay done. Um, but we cannot excuse the, the behavior we cannot excuse the name calling. We cannot excuse the incitement. I don't give a damn. We cannot excuse the incitement of January 6th. He could, the way he articulates himself and he goes right up to the line of saying it but not saying it, that's a skill that I could, I could, I could use uh, uh, better. I could, I, could, I could choose to learn from him because he is the master of insinuation the true master of insinuation. And, you know, whether or not, you know, this, this E. Jean Carroll is a wackadoo, and she seems like a wackadoo, uh, whether this will stick, this won't stick, um, you know, this guy is an incredible, incredible, and in my opinion, the greatest American criminal of all time, uh, despite what he's done for Israel. He's done great things for Israel. But he's a fantastic criminal, uh, uh, and you have to marvel at uh, what he's done. Uh, um, you know, insinuating, inciting um, everything that he's done, and I could care less. Uh, you know, uh, uh, you know what people. This guy incited and knew exactly what he was doing on January 6th. And yes, crazy Nancy is this, and I'm not one of these people that don't see both sides. I listen to it all. I listen to it all, all of it, all of it. And, and, and I get it all. And my wife is, you think my, my wife is much, much more, um, you know, right, right, right than I am. Uh, she calls me a pussy snowflake once a day. <laughs> Trust me. But, you know, you, you know, as far I, as... I need to repeat what you said upstairs. I'm sorry. What you said was, he did a lot of great things for Israel, but can't we find another fucking guy that will also do good things for Israel? God, please. <laughs> please. There's got to be someone else. There's got to be there's got to be someone else that will also support Israel. You may not have you may have missed the news today because you've been in, in Montreal being what what what, what do you dragged. got from no so tomorrow what happened? well tomorrow what you got a rant for tomorrow that Rudy Giuliani oh. is being charged with selling pardons for two million dollars a piece. You know, <laughs> let me tell you something. One of the things that uh, 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 people you know on social media say to me, you know, they go. You, you have Trump derangement syndrome. Yes. And I, and I say, no, I, I don't have Trump derangement syndrome. Somebody like Rudy Giuliani, who was once the king of New York, he superseded being mayor of New York after 9-11. There was a period of time where he wasn't just the mayor. He was our guy. And he wasn't just the king of New York. He was where, like, maybe this guy could become president. You want to talk about Trump derangement syndrome. Look what's happened to him since he, since he laid it all over to Trump. The guy is, the last we saw him was farting 
with hair dye dripping down the side of his face, shaving in a JFK resting area publicly. That was him? Yeah. That's Trump derangement syndrome. I got Trump reality syndrome. The once king of New York threw it all away to stand by and perpetuate voter fraud. And I know some people might have different thoughts. Listen, and, 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 and the nutty things. Rudy is the most one, the most pervasive Trump derangement syndrome. And if you think his best buddy, Trump, who he was out there farting, standing in front of the world with a mouthful of rotten teeth and hair dye running down his face, if you think Trump is going to stand up for Rudy now, you got another thing coming. He ain't coming to help you. He, you know, he's, he don't care. He's on to the next one. So it's just after nine o'clock. I, I want to say a couple of things. Number one is that Michael told me that all the appearances he's done and all the performances he's done, he has never done this. And you need to do this a lot more often. I hope I'm not boring anybody. You have, you have, you have a voice. You're incredibly impactful. You're very articulate. You're passionate. People will follow you. And every hundred people in here could post whatever they want but it won't have the impact of, of Michael Rappaport. What people here need to do is retweet and repost and resend all of the things that resonate with us that Michael posts against hate, against anti-Semitism. And that's, that's the role that we have to play. And I'm, I need to thank CJA. It's an organization I'm very close to for asking me to do this because this is truly an honor for me. Oh, I, I don't I interview people it. for a living, but this is truly an honor for I me. I appreciate it. You know, I, I want to say, you know, um, from Toronto to uh, Montreal, learning um, and knowing, uh, uh, you know, uh, meeting some in New York, but learning about the close-knit um, Jewish community in Montreal is admirable, and, and I want to continue having relationships you know, uh, you know, coming up here and visiting and, and uh, you know, as, as you know, we're, we're sometimes, you know, it's just something I was just new about new to because yeah. I've met some friends in New York and then obviously coming up here and just talking to the people in the small, close knit community is something that you guys should all be very proud that it's something that you're prideful in and that you keep intact. We're upstairs and, and, and Michael, he said, you know, how do you know everybody? I said, and I, I explained to him, I said, in, in 1976, we had a political event that chased a real decent portion of the Jewish community out of Montreal, and these are the ones who stayed. Right. And we all know each other, and we right. support each other, right. and it's a great community. The one thing I need to know, and it seems like there might be some people with some saying here, whenever I come to Toronto or Montreal, I haven't been to Vancouver in years, the, the, the Border Patrol... <laughs> Now, I know they're doing their job. I don't know why, and I know they know. It's not anything to do with me being famous. They could just read that this person doesn't speak a fucking lick of French. So just cut the shit with the polyvoo francais and the, the, the un deux, quatre, trois. Like, you know that I don't know. Like, we all know that. Look at my, you could just see this guy doesn't speak because I don't know why they do that. Like, I, 
yo, I, I barely speak English. Are you talking about French? Like, <laughs> come on, man. I, here's the passport. I fill out the thing. Like, cut the, cut the French stuff out with me. I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. All right, if you're, if you're on... If you're 25%, on... 25%, we all got to be speaking French. I learned that today, too. Every French, I don't, I, I, I don't know the politics. Of that. I don't know if that's good or bad. I don't know. But I'm not the 25%. I've got nothing. <laughs> you got to follow Michael on TikTok. You got to follow him on Instagram. You've got to subscribe to the podcast, I Am Rappaport. Is it from the movie, I Am Not Rappaport? That's where the title came from. Yeah, I, I, yes. And, 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 and yes. And unless you're Jewish, most people are like, just think it's I Am Rappaport. But yeah, it came from the title. And I remember as a kid, the play, I'm Not Rappaport, my brother went with my father. But let's say 1979, 81, they invited, there was a performance of I'm Not Rappaport for all the Rappaports, regardless of the spelling, in New York and my brother and my father went so I always obviously it's my name so then I was the podcast was like I am Rappaport just a play on, on the, on the on I'll the tell you what I love about the podcast it's not three hours I fucking hate that yeah I don't have three hours I don't have three hours to talk <laughs> I don't have three hours to listen but you know some of the big dogs they, they do it and they're successful it's 35 I, minutes 42 minutes 45 minutes it's yeah I, I, you know I, 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 I if I you know, talk about inflammation. If I spoke for three hours, I would, I don't know what would happen to me. Anyway, we're going to help, we're going to help plan your trip to Israel. Thank you so much for being in Montreal. Thank you so much. I appreciate you guys. Thank you for tuning in. We hope you found this special episode interesting. If you did, please leave a comment, rate us, and please share this podcast with friends and family. And be sure to click the subscribe button wherever you're listening to this so that you get the next episode directly in your inbox or your podcast queue. Our executive producer is Senior Director of Marketing and Strategic Communications, Nancy Brightman. Our technical producer is Daniel Moscovich. I'm Glenn J. Nashin, the producer of the Federation CJA 360 podcast, the pulse of Montreal's Jewish community. Thanks for listening. To find out more about Federation CJA, the impact we have on the Montreal Jewish community, Israel and around the world, visit us at federationcja.org on Facebook and on Instagram. Until next month, Shalom. Shalom.